thank you for tuning in for IMN's podcast series. This is Maddie Heckman with IMN, and I'm joined today by Tazos Kotsa-Nastasis, founder and managing director of 8G Capital Partners. Tazos, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Maddie, and thank you very much for hosting me. In your session at the upcoming event, you'll be talking about valuations. In what way is valuation for NPLs different than normal investment underwriting? Uh, NPL portfolios, we've seen a few of those in uh, Southern Eastern Europe over the last few years. They, uh, there are certain particularities which make the exercise unique. First of all, the volumes are enormous. Um, and that's particularly the case in securitizations. In, in some instances, you have to value uh, thousands, uh, ten thousands, and maybe uh, portfolios comprising more than a hundred thousands of assets. In these exercises, the time frames are compressed, so you need to value these properties over the space of a few weeks. And then something that's really uh, specific about these portfolios is the focus on liquidity. So investors are running on a much more compact time frame. Uh, than long-term uh, investors or even private equity uh, firms. So uh, 36 months of, uh, of, of an average holding period is not unusual, in which case liquidity, uh, or in other terms, time to money becomes uh, paramount. And uh, uh, if you are to believe some investors, liquidity becomes even more important than pricing. So the underwriting exercise must uh, get those two right. Based on your experience, what are the biggest problems in valuing NPL portfolios? Well, the largest problem is by and large incomplete information as uh, data, databases, uh, the so-called data tapes that uh, we get from the vendors of such portfolios almost always contain gaps and inconsistencies. Uh, there are of course various degrees of preparation, but we've yet to find a data tape which is devoid of errors. Um, to a large extent, uh, this incomplete information derives from the fact that vendors, banks in our instance, keep their data in an unstructured manner. So you'll find the information in piles of paper, uh, tables in Word files, disparate Excel sheets, and so on. But again, that, that's one part of the, of the problem. The, uh, other than the vendor data, uh, there is scant market information uh, as well. Uh, non-performing loans uh, uh, and, and the collaterals behind them are by and large non-prime assets, which by definition are less liquid. So with fewer transactions and fewer comparables, it's much more difficult to estimate values. So does the problem lie with the vendors and their advisors, or is it just a matter of better preparation? Well, uh, not, not necessarily. Uh, to to compound the above problems, you have to remember that a certain percentage of all these property collaterals will at some stage find themselves into the market. Uh, the supply of such properties on the market will perhaps be unprecedented, uh, which means that these are specific moments in the property cycle that you see so much supply of assets. Uh, and in this extraordinary market circumstances, one cannot re rely purely on historic data, i.e. past transactions to estimate values and liquidity. To make it more understandable, if you take one particular market, take for example, New York, even though it's not a distressed market, 
if you have, for example, in one particular neighborhood, a thousand assets uh, trading every year, you have a regular flow of comparables, both in pricing and liquidity. If you had a credit event and the market sold two, three, five thousands of those properties, uh, past transactions, both in terms of level and um, volumes, wouldn't be a good yardstick uh, to value uh, an NPL portfolio in New York. So one has to look at the competition. And so the supply of these properties that are coming to the markets uh, will have a great impact on the pricing and the liquidity. How can technology assist with this? Well, Mari, when we started in this space seven or eight years ago, you could see all the above problems manifesting themselves in full. So what we chose to do within AG was to try and leverage on technology to make the whole process more efficient and more accurate. So it was about five years ago that we set up a PropTex subsidiary, AGI, whose purpose in life is to solve real problems we face in the underwriting and management of properties, as well as uh, secured NPLs. So the, the first problem we attempted to solve is that of unstructured data, which is the number one problem I mentioned um, when you asked about the problems in NPL valuations. We set up a joint venture with an innovative firm from Germany called Leverton. Leverton specializes in certain fields of artificial intelligence called natural language processing, which in simple terms understands the content of documents and is able to extract information in a structured manner. Um, you may be aware that Leverton was recently acquired by MRI, which is the largest property software I think in the world. So now we have the support of a truly global organization. So how does that work in NPLs? Okay, here's an example. You're trying to sell a portfolio containing, for example, 50,000 assets, 50,000 properties. Uh, that would be the collaterals behind the, the loans. 50,000 assets, you have an equal number of title deeds, planning permits, loan agreements, and so on and so on. All this information is relevant for the valuation of those assets, but in all likelihood, the majority of that information remains out of sight, maybe gathering dust in, uh, in boxes somewhere, unstructured and then thus useless. What we do, we take those hundreds of thousands or even millions of pages uh, and through artificial intelligence, we're able to extract the relevant information and make it available for underwriting and management. So for example, you can ask the machine to identify the surface area uh, in each of those documents against each property and tabulate that in, uh, in either a data file or a, or a spreadsheet. So you have accurate information on area. And the same goes for the maybe the year of the transaction, the contents of the, uh, of, of the property and so on. Tazos, it sounds as though natural language processing is one way that technology can help. What else? Um, Machine learning, which is another discipline with, with, within artificial intelligence, and uh, it's something I find most intriguing. Machine learning may be used to value such large property portfolios through models which are generically called AVMs, automated valuation models. So it, in, in broad terms, Mary, just think what the human value does. Um, she collects information about the assets, uh, she examines the market, selects comparables, and proceeds to calculate the value for each property. 
What we do through AVMs is to automate this process to the rate uh, of a few thousands of properties uh, to, uh, within, within a few hours. But of course, uh, AVMs are no panacea. Um, AVMs are only suitable for asset classes with relative uh, uh, homogeneous products in a liquid market such as residential. So you wouldn't use uh, AVMs for distressed shopping centers or distressed offices, in instance. Uh, you can only use ABMs to value um, uh, sort of average property in the market. Uh, so if we're talking about residential, you can do average houses, average flats, but not luxury houses, uh, which would fall outside the market norm. And ABMs rely on statistical analysis, which means that if there isn't enough uh, statistical evidence, estimates may be off. So you, you, can, you can understand AVMs would be perfect, for example, for the large securitization portfolios. Uh, since your conference is about Greece, we can mention uh, Galaxy, which is uh, now about to close, 11 billion assets, mostly uh, residential mortgage loans. Uh, in essence, AVMs are an excellent compromise of accuracy versus cost and speed. Um, and along the same vein, machine learning may be used to take into account competitive supply and arrive at predictive analytics. You remember we discussed about the impact of, of supply on pricing. So you can run scenarios of future values and liquidity, uh, which depend on how other services behave and how they dispose assets into the market. So for example, if you know that um, uh, a number of portfolios have traded, one, two, three years ago, uh, and you know that a certain percentage of those assets will hit the market, you can run various scenarios and see how uh, the behavior of those services might affect the pricing of the portfolio you're trying to buy. Very interesting. So with regards to automated valuation models, what trends are you seeing these days? Okay, we, we, we are seeing two main areas uh, of research, uh, which are very promising. The first is big data, uh, which means very, very large data set, which in many cases may be seemingly unrelated to property. Uh, so we're examining how we may use these for valuation. So for example, you can take information relating to transport, entertainment facilities, how many Starbucks you have in the neighborhood, you know, all this data, which is uh, way too, too, too large for a human value to, to handle, you can take them all into the mix and see to what extent they explain property values. Uh, the second is uh, image recognition. Again, we use um, machine learning for that. Um, where the machine sees pictures of a property uh, in the exterior and the interior and figures out its condition and attractiveness. So uh, while one might think that such aspects like, um, uh, you know, the style of furniture or decoration might be uh, thought more of an art than, uh, rather than a science, these attributes can explain a significant proportion of property values. So you can you think about it, you, you can show the machine pictures of the, uh, of the house you're interested and it can turn out estimates uh, of uh, capital expenditure that you may require depending on the age and the condition and might give you information about the liquidity of, the, of this asset. So whether the market thinks um, it's more or less attractive. So Tazos, do you anticipate that home valuers will be replaced? 
<laughs> I, th I think it's it, it's more about whether all values would be replaced because uh, once data becomes more available, uh, what we discuss might be applicable to uh, to other sectors as well. Uh, and for that matter, in more advanced markets like the US, um, certain European countries and Australia, where you have more liquid commercial markets, you can find automated valuation models for offices and industrial. So, Marie, consider the following scenario. You want to take out a mortgage uh, or you want to buy a new house and you commission a valuation report. So, either you or your lender applies. Uh, you're ready for the valuer to inspect your home and you set uh, an appointment for the valuer to drop by. On the day, the doorbell rings. You open the door and instead of a valuer, you see a courier handing you over a box. You open the box and you find a drone. The instructions read, please place me on your porch or your door entrance, whatever. You do that, the drone takes off, hovers in the center of each room, flies from one room to the next, taking measurements and videos of all the features and, uh, and everything you have and the fittings, everything you have into the house. Once, uh, once the drone is done, it lands on your uh, entrance, on your house entrance and says, please place me back into the box. The courier comes and collects it from you. You wave goodbye, you shut the door. By that time, all the information about your property, including dimensions, pictures, fixtures and fittings and so on have been transferred to the values database. Your home has been benchmarked against all other comparable properties on the database in the market and so on. And so the valuation report is ready, maybe even before the courier leaves your house. And all the value has to do is to give it a once over and ensure all looks okay, sign it off and press uh, send to the bank. This, this is not fiction, the technology is actually here. So it's just a matter of rolling it out uh, in scale. That's so interesting. Considering technology innovations that are emerging at this day and age. Tazos, thank you so much for joining us and for lending your expertise to our listeners. Tune in next time for IMN's podcast series. Thank you very much, Maddie.